0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Appeal, helping you enjoy your fruits and vegetables at peak freshness and reduce food waste. Learn more at appeal.com.
2: Welcome to Jupiter's Almanac. I'm Matthew Rayford, the great-great-great-grandson of Jupiter Gillyard, a former slave who bought the land I now farm in Georgia nearly 150 years ago. Through the years, my ancestors have passed on some essential and hard-earned wisdom about growing and producing the food we eat. It's my great honor to share that inheritance with you and to invite other farmers and chefs from Georgia and around the country to share their tips with you. So... If you are just starting out, reconnecting with the land, or a seasoned farmer or cook, join the conversation. This week, I am really looking forward to sharing a conversation I had with Bronte Velez, who is the creative director of Led to Life. They called in from Alaska to talk about land liberation, collective healing, and the importance of dreaming and imagining a better future. Led to Life is an Oakland-based collective led by black and queer artists, Healers and ecologists who are devoted to embodying a prayer by Mark Anthony Johnson that reads, Black wellness is the antithesis of state violence. Led to Life works to bridge racial and environmental justice through public ceremonies and art practice. I learned about the organization through a short film that depicts a very powerful public ceremony they held in which they gathered in Atlanta to transform guns into shovels. The mothers of gun violence victims spoke and participated in the ceremony and later those shovels were used to plant trees alongside victims of gun violence. So let me share some thoughts about how I felt watching that video. It, To me the way everything was uh, showed out from the guns going into the uh, space to be melted down to the actual finishing of the shovels to actually the planting of the trees. It just, it was, um, it was a beautiful thing this, to watch this transformation. It was like their swords into plowshares and their shears into pruning spears, you know. And it was just, it was just really amazing and powerful to see that. And this, you know, really touches close to me because of the things that have happened recently in Brunswick, Georgia. And so I am uh, hoping and uh, looking forward to Bronte and I possibly doing something here, which we uh, just got finished discussing about this past week. So if you have not seen the video, you can find the link to the video and watch it yourself in the show notes. And now here's my conversation with Bronte Velez. I think my I, think I want to start my questions off, um, one with like a, a really quick icebreaker kind of a thing like, Bronte, what is the first thing you ever remember planting?
3: Mm. (laughs) Mm. Thank you for that question. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's good to kind of recall. Um, Actually, one of the first things, one of my first introductions to um, my work with the land was with cacao trees, That was pretty much my, um, yeah, that is, that was like my, my opening into work with the land. I was working on a farm in Puerto Rico. That's one side of my heritage. Mm
4: -hmm. And,
3: um, yeah, she was a biodynamic, um, organic, predominantly cacao farmer and, uh, she was in El yunque rainforest, um, which I recently learned in Spanish means anvil, so I've been thinking oh. a lot about our work with um metal metal work and just what it is wow. that yeah that my initiation was in El yunque, you know <laughs> like
4: okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: um and it was very sloped land, and I just remember how difficult it was um, (laughs) to get the trees out there. But um, yeah, cacao was, was my
2: kind of like the difficulty of actually taking that gun and melting it down and turning it into a shovel.
3: Yeah. 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 That, um, that it has, I remember a time where I was sort of in a industrial design and engineering process Mm -hmm. with Um, some mentors and guides for how we were going to melt the weapons Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and how could we do that in public and how could we do that in a participatory way and I remember joking where I was actually really frustrated talking to some friends I grew up with in Atlanta like how am I I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to turn a gun into a shovel. And they started laughing at me Right, and just reflecting what a beautiful, uh, what a beautiful journey that was to try and figure that out. Yeah.
2: So, so that being said, I know I kind of jumped right into, and I don't even know if any of the listeners even uh, totally understand the, the philosophy behind what you were doing. So give me a little backdrop on uh led to life and how you all uh came up with the concept um of uh turning those uh swords into plow shears and shears into pruning shears
3: yeah thank you um well I was working for a as a copy editor for a Latin American um art pub, art publication They were a br- bringing um latin american artists into the art history canon and just making sure there's recognition um for how much latinx artists have are offering um to the art world yeah and i was the last reader on um a couple of books and one of them was a mexican artist pedro reyes's uh, body of work his his retrospective of his work and I was in my um, last year, my undergraduate mm-hmm. and I came across a body of work of his called Palas por Pistolas and also Disarm um, where he transforms guns into shovels and he also transforms guns into instruments. Mm-hmm. And in my senior thesis, I, um. It was kind of a hybrid fiction, and um, also a hybrid historical fiction, and also my dissertation, meditating on this future where I am working with this collective of artists who are responding to, uh, who are responding to climate change disasters. Mm-hmm. And through through art practice and through ceremony, and we're working with Pedro Reyes, and we're actually in the Sea Islands and in the story right. and a hurricane has just happened in a post Trump era.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And um someone we're using the shovels to to bury a woman that has been lost, to bury some folks who have been lost, and a little girl comes and brings me a box. Made of bones in the story. Um, and we learn that it's an enslaved woman who has written a text about a metaphysical rebellion that they initiated there
4: Whoa. hundreds
3: of years prior that kind of prophesied the work that we're doing. And it's that book was a plantable book and it had seeds in the pages. And I was really interested in the tactile experience or kinetic experience of a of a book where the content um reflects the form and yeah that kind of prophesied this work (laughs) with led to life um it's actually pretty bizarre to look back at that text um and me and a brother named Kyle Lemley, we joined something called the Spiritual Ecology Fellowship, mm-hmm. and I shared about my book called Waiting, and that prophecy. And I wanted to collaborate with Pedro, and also work with my parents in like imagining a black a black food food security network in Atlanta, mm-hmm. specifically reimagining church church spaces in Atlanta.
4: Right. Right.
3: Um. And it, that kind of evolved into led to life. <laughs> so that's where we, yeah. Kyle is a um, urban forestry project manager, and we kind of bridged our visions, and now it's evolved into a a five person team. Kyle's actually transitioning, and um, yeah, it's beautiful. We have all these black femmes and black non binary bi- folks on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, And I've been between Atlanta and Oakland and other places, um, melting the weapons in public and also, yeah, hosting the tree planting and um, food planting work.
2: Yeah, well, I'm getting ready to send out an open invitation to you all. I mean, you all know all of the, (laughs) you kind of know some of the backdrop of what happened here with Ahmaud Marbury in uh, Brunswick, Mm -hmm. Georgia, um, where Mm -hmm. I'm, and that's like 10 minutes from my farm. And you know, it was it was really, you know, when I first, you know, heard about and looked at and thought about having a conversation um, with you, you know, I, I, I had been touched, but not touched this close. You know what I'm saying? I have experienced being stopped. I've experienced some violence of my own, but not this close. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, when I when I thought to try to launch this podcast and the timeliness of all the things that are going on, I was like, there's no way I could even get this started without, like, really sitting down and having a conversation with you. But I also want to open up my mm-hmm. space and the farm. If you all ever want to step down to this way, and I know you're all the way in Alaska right now, which, good gracious, that's probably a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but to actually... <laughs> have you here, have you all here, have you all on this ancestral land that I'm on, that Jupiter Mm Gilead, you know, purchased almost 150 years ago um, to help us do some healing here. And that's just an open invitation. Mm -hmm. You know, we can definitely talk offline like that. And I wasn't definitely trying to put you on the spot or anything. It was just, you know, I've been thinking (laughs) about this. Yeah, I know, right? I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about this for like months now and trying to figure out like, you know who to talk to how to have the conversation what the conversation would be like and you know just to think about mm-hmm. taking something um like a weapon and turning it into something that uh you know i i literally say there's no uh there's no national security without food security and and mm-hmm. and i believe mm-hmm. that you know what i'm saying but i also believe mm-hmm. that it needs to be done properly you know We shouldn't Mm be taking things away just so that we can make sure we have enough avocados, you know, that kind of thing. We Mm -hmm. shouldn't be stripping rainforests to make sure that we can have the next whatever great thing that people put on the market that says that it's going to cure your life kind of a thing, you know? Like, we really need to be careful and cautious. And, um, you know, as I read the piece in... Uh, lion's Roar, which is uh, Buddhist uh, wisdom for our, ri- for our times, and I know this was written like two years ago, but I mean, even right now, this, this one statement here about how in the Buddhist teachings, mm-hmm. the wheel of suffering is driven by three poisons, greed, hatred, and delusion, and that mm-hmm. the fact that you all are transforming the guns into shovels, and this is me reading it verbatim, transforms those prisons into generosity, loving kindness, and wisdom. That being said, and I know this is, you know, might be getting really deep for other people, but where do you think our next move is to, like, you know, Black Lives Matter is a movement um, that is just, oh my God, like, it's just amazing how people have come together to, to really understand peaceful protest and even though other people are bringing violence into it and things like that. But, you know, how do we mend? You know, and I know that planting is like one thing, but, you know, if if you have a philosophy on that or a conversation, um, I'd really like to open the floor up for a few moments to have you just kind of, you know, I don't know, dream a little bit.
3: Yeah. Thank you.
4: Yeah.
3: <clears throat> well, first, I'd love to say I'm, I am really with um just joining you in that land and I look forward to sharing my dream with you about being in that land and how that realm already sort of prophesied my my being there. Okay. Um and so I I I feel compelled to be there and I also um yeah, I'm curious about in the wake of police brutality and in the wake of uh racial terror lynching mm-hmm. um that that energy gets caught in our atmospheres and um it gets caught in our bodies and it gets caught in our our spirits and our memory and so I'm yeah I can just think about you know you saying that that land is 10 minutes away from where Ma was killed and um yeah I just I'd love to sit with what's being asked um, to be to be repaired there. There's so much um, that's irreconcilable actually, also. And I've I think there's something about Led to Life's work that compels me to draw upon agreements that maybe won't happen in our lifetimes. Mm. And um agreements of liberation that are elsewhere. I'm very interested in the histories of Black uh, fugitive communities and Black maroon communities and people who decided to steal away into something else um, and decide something else was true despite what, you know, was given or what was told was going on. We'll
2: be right back after a short break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Appeal. Here at HRN we care about reducing waste across our food system, from farms to home kitchens. We know that about half of the produce we grow ends up in the trash. We all want to enjoy produce at peak freshness and reduce the amount that gets thrown away. That's where appeal comes in. A peel is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. It's edible, invisible, and imitates how peels naturally protect fruits and vegetables. Because here's the thing, less waste doesn't just mean we're throwing less food away. It also means we waste less water, energy, and other resources that go into growing produce. Appeal works with nature to reduce waste across the food system from the farm to the kitchen. Appeal helps us conserve our precious resources to ensure we have fresh food to meet our growing need. Appeal. Food gone good. Learn more at appeal.com. The Stone Barn Center for Food and Agriculture will be hosting their annual Young Farmers and Cooks Conference virtually this year on December 8th through 10. Programming will cover topics like mutual aid, regional grain economies, land management practices, and much, much more. Whether you're a farmer, cook, butcher, miller, preservationist, processor, or anyone else in the food chain, this conference is for you. Learn more at stonebarncenter.org YFCC.
2: Welcome back to Jupiter's Almanac. Let's jump back into the conversation with Bronte Velez, the creative director for Led to Life. We dive into the emotions that their work embodies.
3: Yeah, I, I remember recently I was offering a workshop on Led to Life, and this Black um woman in the workshop, she said she was grieving at the end to see our work. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was like, this work is so beautiful, but I'm also with what it means that you're doing this work. And where does rage live in your work? And um, I was sharing with her that I actually am in so much pain and in so much grief. And there is a decision that you know the the Negro spiritual of like, um, you know the joy I got. I got joy in my heart, and the world didn't give it to me. Oh yeah, and the world mm. didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Oh girl, you're um, saying a word now. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Listen,
3: <laughs> it's something else. It's it it has no bearings here, um, mm-hmm. and no legibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in black liberation that's ecological. And that's not contingent upon, you know, these systems giving us anything, right. which I think there is something to say about there are things that need to be repaired in, in this, this, in these systems. But there's also something that's beyond this um, <clears throat> that I want and that I seek for our for our people. And that's intimacy with the land and that's reliability with the land. and um, Yeah, just all these other beings um, that we're losing, that are going extinct every day. I just really feel them. I feel them getting yesterday to see a glacier for the first time here in Alaska. Um, And just to, I was just, my heart was just in so much both awe and pain Mm -hmm. around climate change. And just the millennia that it took for that glacier to form. Mm Mm-hmm and how how quick uh the land is being disappeared and i feel that their their relationship to us to black people mm-hmm. um so i'd love to see a black ecological liber- liberatory practices and and ones that are prophetic and creative and where we can live live that freedom out in real time not in the future but right. we can we can make that space together right yeah. right
2: yeah well i i'm 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 not only down for that so to speak or <laughs> want to be more than woke to make that happen you know i i have mm. i have invited many of people to come to our farm just just come and just feel it and every time someone mm. comes here they go man you like as soon as i turned onto the road i felt something and I'm like well what you know Mm. I've always asked people like well describe what it is you think you felt and and it doesn't matter who who they are white black purple green whatever the nationality (laughs) no matter where people are from when they come up on this farm and they hit these Spanish moss live oak trees Mm -hmm. and all that they're like Mm. I feel like I got taken back in time I was like yep I was like and guess Mm. what everybody's ancestors are talking to them this this place mm. right here is a place for mm. people to come and connect with, and I think you know I really love the fact that you talked about the land as part of liberation because I think that all I think that when Jupiter thought about buying these four hundred seventy six acres of land that he was mm. really realizing that you know because he could have just got an acre right like he could have just mm. got like one little acre of land and put a house on it and been good right you know he could have married Mm -hmm. rena and and just been fine but instead it was 476 acres of land Mm -hmm. you know and now we Mm -hmm. have you know a lot less than that but we got lots of family out here you know lots of connections Mm -hmm. out here and i think that that when we're talking about land and liberation that we have to be willing to also have kind of the conversation about what it took the ancestors to do what they've been able to do and then to also look at, like, actually how the tools that they created were multi-useful. Mm. And I, I like the fact when, when you know, because when you, you mentioned rage and, you you know, you're, we're talking about taking guns and turning them into shovels. But, but being able to still be able to protect yourself and still being able to mm-hmm. protect those that you love is still very important, mm-hmm. right? And I think that mm-hmm. we have to. It's a both and. Yeah, you know, and that that peaceful demonstration um, is is can only stay peaceful if everybody is for for the, the onlookers and those that are doing for them to stay peaceful. You know, and That's that right. the flip to that though is still being able to kind of being able to understand that. You know, I need the. there needs to be a fallback. There needs to be a, there needs to be a place. We need, you know, we need our healers involved, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that there's all these mm-hmm. different connections of things that we have to understand has to come with uh, land liberation and conversation about all of it. And that, you know, talking about it from a theoretical standpoint is heck of a difference. Than actually being on the ground, because when you're in this 102 degree, 118 degree heat, and talking about land liberation, <laughs> I got lots of folks that'd be like, "Nah, that ain't for me, dog. Nah, I can't be out there. It's just too hot." You know what With I'm the saying?
4: Mosquitoes.
2: Yeah, these mosquitoes, these gnats, and I'm just talking about like in my one little place. You know, other people got you know other people worrying about bears and snakes and all kind of other stuff. But no matter where yeah. you are, you know. Um, it's work you know and to understand mm-hmm. that what you all are talking about doing so far as making the you know making this major change like not one of those shovels that are made happen overnight so to speak like it mm-hmm. takes time mm-hmm. like it and and that time that you all put in between the melting um between mm-hmm. the banging of the metal you know to get out some of that mm-hmm. rage you know um, all mm-hmm. of that takes time and our land liberation is going to take time and it's going to take work.
4: Mm-hmm. Like
2: it's physical work mm-hmm. that you all do. Like when you watch that video, like I'm sitting there like, man, that dude is, ba- wait, she is banging the heck out of it. The- like, do you know how many taps <laughs> it takes to move that thing from the shape that it's in the mold that mm-hmm. it came out of to turn it mm-hmm. into a shovel? Like that's the same amount mm-hmm. of work that it's going to take to actually be mm-hmm. able to do all of that land liberation. It's the exact same amount mm-hmm. of work.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I want to be able to say that I commend you all for even stepping mm-hmm. into this arena to even think about doing that. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I would definitely like to bring you back on for us to actually have a, a conversation about land liberation and actually what that work as a mm-hmm. collective, um, would look like and maybe we can do a panel on that yeah let's do a panel um where we we, yeah where we talk about what it takes to you know work as a collective even from a distance like i always tell people like Mm -hmm. you know me sending seeds from here to oakland is part of land Mm -hmm. liberation you know what i'm saying me Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 all of those connections like we like it it ain't all gonna happen in one place. Like, you know, all the black folks ain't gonna move to mm-hmm. one spot. You know what I'm saying? But
4: That's right. yeah, <laughs> That's right.
2: but yeah, but we have to you know, we have to create our networks and our conversation. Mm-hmm. Like if our ancestors brought those seeds in their hair, like we need to be able to, you know, figure out what our system is with all the technology that we have now, um, to to, to keep that same momentum. Um mm-hmm. that you were that you were talking about, um a little bit earlier, so yeah, for sure mm. for sure. Uh, you almost got me on a tangent. Oh. I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop.
3: I'm so grateful for the um, reflecting the time that it takes to liberate land. I'm often kind of like, well, what is that what does that mean? Um, and and sometimes to think about the land also as already um free but what's in the way of those what's in the way of those what's in the way of that freedom or touching into that right touching into that freedom mm-hmm. um and yeah it's helpful to track the time um and to feel humility and gratitude for the time that it's taken to arrive to this moment and all that is yet to come um i definitely there's definitely other visions um, I've been having for led to life. And primarily it's been coming up for me recently about uh, relationship with place because I, that was the original intention. And now I'm finding ourselves, you know, during the pandemic on the computer and we're trying to do online stuff and it's not what's being asked. Right. <laughs> so it's not what the work is. Um, and, Many of us on the team, we're we're craving um, connection with with place and the ancestral memory that comes from that uh, relationship, right. and the the knowing that comes from working with the soil, mm-hmm. um, and the time, the time that it takes where you can really feel, you can feel um, the humility of, of the time that it that it requires. Um
2: right, yes, yes.
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm also I'm grateful to feel the lineage of the land you get to steward. Um and yeah, Jupiter's, you know, prophecy of of that and um his name really and the and this name of the almanac really has me thinking about um uh Amazing scholar James Pitiglione, who I always reference and really informs Led to Life's work, um who has an article called Cosmic Literacies and Black Fugitivity. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking about um, you know, these moments in time where just the what's available to us through the stars and through time, um, these These specific dates where people have set out um, motion for us that we can reference in our liberation movements, and it really makes me think about yeah, Jupiter's name Mm -hmm. and that place, and what what information is available um, in that land. Ooh, it's deep.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that being said, I'm I'm gonna close this out by asking that question. So tell me about this dream you have of being here at Gilliard Farms and just being on this land, <laughs> if you can, you know. T- tell us about this dream.
3: Yeah, well, I am walking in what I thought was Antarctica, um, but I am in an Arctic landscape. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm so surprised that I'm approaching the farm because I'm on my way there, but I'm in this snow. Okay. and it's a completely different landscape than I imagined. And there's all of these mountains around and, um, I'm really trekking to get there. And I'm shocked when I approach these, these, what look like Tibetan Buddhist temples, okay. um, that are, they look very similar to temples I've visited in the Himalayas and I'm, shocked that you're there at the opening of the temple. And I come in and it's a totally different landscape that's inside of the temple. Okay. But it's surrounded by snow and there's nothing else around. There were two temples, uh there were lots of black children around and um there were people, you know, like preparing um there were seed harvesting going on and there were things being dried and it felt like a sea bank
4: there you go and i
3: was just being i was just experiencing the tour so i'm just yeah to have seen the glacier yesterday and then to be talking to you today and recall that dream i was like oh my god where was i transported
2: <laughs> right right um, right well i mean that yeah. that might be the prophecy right that might be the prophecy that maybe one of your next stops will be um right here you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. definitely Definitely. Well, let me give a big thank you to Bronte. I really appreciate your time. I know you were having a great time in Alaska and watching the glaciers and the run on the salmon. So I am, like, thoroughly excited about more collaboration with you and Led to Life and just, you know, working on the wellness of our community, which I, I believe that um, as our community heals, um, the world starts to heal. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Jupiter's Almanac wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Bronte Velez. Our executive producer is Kat Johnson. Jupiter's Almanac is also produced by Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by the Joy Drops. Jupiter's Almanac is powered by Simplecast. Jupiter's Almanac is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. And follow us at heritage underscore radio. And we want to hear from you. Send us any questions in writing or as voice memos that we can help answer on the air at Jupiter's Almanac at heritageradionetwork.org.